Knee pain has probably happened to you at one time or another. So what causes it and what can you do about it? Well, there's no better person to answer those questions than an orthopedic surgeon. On this episode of Health Styles, Dr. Timothy Gray from the SBL Benuti Clinic answers all our questions about knee pain, including causes, treatment, and prevention. As you age, what's really important to you? Travel, independence, hobbies, creating memories with your grandkids? When your mobility is preventing you from doing the things you love, it's time to do something about it. Visit one of our top nationally ranked orthopedists and learn how our world-class technology can restore your mobility. Don't give up on the things you love. Contact Sarah Bush Lincoln Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and the Benuti Clinic today. Learn more at sarahbush.org. Raise your hand if you've ever had knee pain. I'm raising mine. Many of us are in that boat, and on today's podcast, our guest is going to answer a lot of questions you have about knee pain. With me today is Dr. Timothy Gray, orthopedic surgeon from the Sarah Bush Lincoln Benuti Clinic in Effingham. Welcome, Dr. Gray. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming over. We have to mention that Dr. Gray is actually doing surgery today, and he came by to record this podcast in between surgeries. So yes, I did. Yes, I did. They're working me, and only got one room over there, so I had a little time in between. So what were you doing prior? I had a total hip, and I'm going to follow up with another total hip. All right. So it's all about hips. That's in podcast number two. But today we're talking about knee pain. First, just tell our listeners a little bit about the scope of your practice and the kinds of issues that you treat as an orthopedic surgeon. I'm a, a general orthopedist. I don't have any, I'm not a specialist. I'm not fellowship trained. Uh, I primarily focus on uh, fractures as well as on hip and knee uh, wear and tear arthritis. Um, I have some, I, I branch out into some shoulder issues. Uh, I, have the, I have the benefit of working with other surgeons that have a primary of a focus on upper extremity and elbow and, and spine. So I, have, I can refer off those other issues. I see anything, but um, then if it's beyond my level of care, we refer on to more of a specialized care. Okay, so our topic today is those sore and aching knees. So what's kind of causing that knee pain in the very first place? Well, there can be all kinds of causes. That's a, that's a very broad <laughs> question, is. broad spectrum. Uh, I mean, sometimes, really what it comes down to is you need to understand that the knee, all of our joints are basically uh, ball-bearing surfaces, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's just basically they're supposed to roll and move and get you from point A to point B or, or lift your arm above your head or move your elbow back and forth. So they're all bearing surfaces. And just like any, any ball-bearing, over time, if you wear and move and use it, it can just wear out on its own. That's the that's the simplest. Just osteoarthritis is just wear and tear mm-hmm. of the of the uh, component. Now, in the knee, you also have the knee has a. Uh, I have a tendency to talk. I uh, you ask me a question, I'll gab all day. Okay. So I, I, you know, that's why you're uh, here. When you're talking about the knee, uh, the knee. Uh, one of the special issues of the knee is you have a round thigh bone. The thigh bone comes to the end and it's round. Mm-hmm. The shin bone at the top is pretty flat. So in order to help distribute that weight-bearing surface off the point, off, off one little point on the end of the femur, we have what we call meniscus. Now, meniscus mm-hmm. are basically C-shaped, I call them gaskets, C-shaped cartilage gaskets that lay around the outside to give you a little bit more of a cup shape to the, to the top of the tibia to make contact with that ball of the femur. Those can get damaged, those can, can tear, and when those tear, uh, you have pieces that can float around in and out of the joint surface. So that most typically is someone who comes in, they've had some trauma, they're having occasional locking, catching, popping, um, 
and that would be uh, from traumatic injury as a general mm-hmm. rule. So you can get wear and tear, you can get traumatic injury, and that's just one of the traumatic injuries that can occur. You can also, the ends of the bone are covered in cartilage. Those can be, with certain trauma, those can shear off and create loose bodies. Then people have systemic arthritis. They have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or some of those lines where your own body is kind of chewing away at your own tissues. So those can cause synovitis and wear and irritation as well. Those would be the big causes of, of that achy knee pain okay. and, and, and irritation. So does the pain feel different if it's a, if it's a tendon or a ligament or the muscles? Does it feel some of it burning, stabbing? Does it depend? Yes, it depends on it. basically the physical exam. I don't know that the patient's going to tell you that it feels different. Mm-hmm. Other than, uh, as a general rule, when, you, when you're talking about a nerve pain, you're usually saying, we, we, the catchphrase is, I feel this electric shock. I, okay. feel, I feel a shooting electric pain. Uh, also, it wouldn't just be located at the knee itself. It would usually go up or down. Uh, but that can also be a problem uh, to diagnose because... If you have a knee problem and you have it long enough and you walk around, now you're, now you're walking funny. Mm-hmm. And walking is a very synchronized activity. So it's not uncommon for someone to come in and say, you know, two months ago I started having right knee pain, but now my back hurts. Uh-huh. Well, because they've been limping and walking and, and acting abnormal. So, so uh, nerve pain generally does not just stay at the knee. It would, it would, it would be electric shock, go other areas. Um, if you have loose bodies, um, loose body cartilage tear, mm-hmm. loose body, a uh, little piece of bone broke off, osteophyte broke off, uh, something, they t- typically would say, I get catching, I get a sh- I'll be feeling pretty good because those loose bodies lay to the outside, I'm feeling pretty good, and then all of a sudden, I never know when it's going to grab me, and I'm going to have sharp pain uh-huh. and irritation. Arthritis, uh, the wear and tear arthritis and the uh, rheumatoid arthritis generally is going to come in saying, you know, I have I've had pain building up over months to years. It's getting worse all the time. I ache and I'm stiff all the time, but it, it's no, it's not really, the nature isn't sharp unless something else happens. And all these can, can occur back and forth. Arthritis, osteoarthritis can also have a meniscus tear, can, can have trauma, all those things can occur. But again, traditionally those would be the type of, you know, long lasting arthritis, the, the acute pain, uh, some recent trauma. The other difference between, you said ligament versus cartilage and all this, um, the cartilage is a load-bearing structure. Mm -hmm. So those would hurt when you are compressing the joints. So when I step down, I'm going to have pain with that. The ligaments are stabilizing. They basically are are straps that, that tie the two bones together. So those would hurt if, if I'm twisting my knee and now you know, if, I, if I'm planting and twisting and I feel the, the I, I, I'm stretching that inner ligament, which is supposed to be stabilizing me, if it's already been damaged, it hurts when you stress in, ex, in, uh, in extension as opposed to compression. Um, and then if it's a tendon, uh, that would hurt with active, with, with active motion because those tendons are t- connected to the muscles and those would be inflamed when those muscles are firing. Okay. So how many times has a patient come in and said, Doc, I have bad knees? Oh, that happens all the time. That happens all the (laughs) time. Is that like a genetic 
thing or is it just someone has kind of abused their knees through various activities? I, I, yes. <laughs> yes I yes. think that, I think that, uh, yeah, I think there's can be some genetic component. I think there is some family history, but also how do you separate that from uh, my father was a farmer. I'm a farmer. I've been climbing up and down ladders yeah. all my life. Uh, or I, so I believe, yes, there is a certain amount of inheritance, but I think it's most of it is really wear and tear and things that have happened to you. Now, again, Unless you're talking about the the systemic arthritis, uh, there's definitely some inherited component mm -hmm. to rheumatoid arthritis and those type of uh, of uh, not genetic, but yeah, in, yeah, the systemic arthritis. Okay, so someone's got some knee pain. What are some of the first treatments that one should do, maybe at home, because you're not going to go to the orthopedic. Oh, my knee's a little sore. I think I need knee replacement. There's a few things that happened before. There's that. a lot of things that happened before. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, if you've had some trauma, if you had something, if you're just starting to ache, if you've had something happen, um, we the first, if you've had trauma, the mm -hmm. first thing we always do, as long as it's not major and you have don't feel like you need to go to the emergency room, I've, I've blown out my knee, I'm I'm in terrible pain and I can't walk. If you're if you've just got some early pain, irritation, something happened. We refer to the, we refer to, uh, the acronym RICE, R-I-C-E, rest, ice, compression, and elevation for about 24 hours. Now, ice is the tricky one there. We don't want you falling asleep with an ice pack and on your knee because you can your freeze skin. your knee and you can, you can hurt the skin. <laughs> but basically the first 24 hours, we talk about RICE and just see how you respond to it. The other thing that patients, if they're having some irritation, some swelling, some soreness, uh, we want to think about uh, an, a medication. They can go over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. Now, as long as you're not on a blood thinner or you don't have ulcers, you could take Aleve, you could take ibuprofen, and you can take Tylenol with those. P patient, patients will often say, well, I'm taking an arthritis medication. I'm taking Tylenol. And I'm not talking about Tylenol arthritis because I believe that does have some anti-inflammatory okay. in it. I haven't really checked the label okay. recently. But Tylenol, as a general rule, is acetaminophen. Mm -hmm. And acetaminophen is a pain medication. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a good pain medication. But it's not an anti-inflammatory. So what happens is if you take a pain medication like Tylenol or codeine or whatever, if you have mm -hmm. prescription, if your body doesn't get any better when the medication has, hasn't improved itself by the time the medication wears off, then pain will come right back right. again. Whereas an, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen or Aleve, it's working at, at, the, at the level of inflammation. It's trying to decrease the amount of inflammation, irritation, swelling, the quality of the lubrication to the joint. So uh, those actually, by the time the medication wears off, you may be, if it helps, you should be a little better. Yeah. Um, and it, than what you were before you took it is what it comes down to. It's the inflammation that's causing the pain. As a general rule, yes. It's the inflammation that's causing the pain, yes. Okay. So at what point should someone, you know, see their health care provider you know, about this knee pain that's not going away? Well, if it's not going and I think that's the team. I think that's the term you're looking at. If it's not going away, and you got to judge that. I mean, uh, quite honestly, I'm I'm 57 years old, and I find that I have some knee pain that's not going away. But it doesn't, imp it doesn't impede my right. daily activities. I can walk. I can get around. I can be a... A, I can do a little exercises. It's not stopping me from doing what I want to do. I often say the, the big caveat for patients, even with severe arthritis, uh, is, is um, are you able to do the things you want to do? Are you able to do the things you need to do? If those things are starting to be impeded and it's just not getting better and it's intolerable and you're, you're having difficulty, that's when you, in a couple weeks, uh, two weeks, unless there's something acute, um, that's when you start thinking about coming to the to your physician. It doesn't have to be an orthopedic surgeon, your primary care specialist, because uh, then you start thinking about bumping up 
the anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. to a prescription strength. Uh, there's plenty of, of anti-inflammatories that are you can take once a day. That's the that's the beauty of some of these prescription anti-inflammatories, as opposed to ibuprofen, which you really need to take three times a day, or or the leaves you need to take twice a day. There are some 24-hour versions of that, and they're strong. They're stronger than what you could get over the mm-hmm. counter, uh, and that would be the next step to try and help control the inflammation irritation of your knee. So then if that's still not working, what kind of, sur- is it surgical options? Well, then we need next? to do some diagnostic testing. I mean, depending, okay. on, depending on what the physical exam shows. I yeah. mean, you, gotta, you, you have to go through, and I don't think we can go through all the physical exam, but, <laughs> but depending on what the physical exam shows, obviously you're going to get an x-ray, make sure there's no, no uh, subtle fracture. Uh, you're, not, you're looking at the quality of the joint. You're looking at whether, it's, uh, whether the cartilage is worn down bone on bone, whether there's, whether there's big bony spurs in arthritis. Uh, if the if the X-ray looks pretty good, but the patient still has pain and the physical exam is is leaning you in the direction of that cartilage tear, then you'll usually get what's called an MRI. MRI is a is a soft tissue X-ray, so to speak, looking for meniscus tears, for cartilage damage, uh, for even uh, uh, tendon ligament damage, um, and depending on what those show. Uh, that will lead you in the direction of uh, further conservative care versus surgical care. Okay. If we're talking further conservative care, if the inflammation is not getting better with oral medications, but there's really not anything that we're seeing that is off the wall about that needs requires surgery, uh, then you can start thinking about bringing out um, a, a steroid in of itself, a, pre- a prednisone or mm-hmm. a, some form of steroid, which is, again is another anti-inflammatory but it's a little bit stronger like version super well it's a little stronger version but it can also and there's nothing we give you that can't give you other problems that's yeah, the problem that's the non steroidal anti-inflammatories can irritate the stomach mm-hmm. uh, the steroids can really mess if you're a diabetic can mess with it so the real frustrating part is you have somebody come in that's a diabetic that has a history of blood clots so they're on a blood thinner well that throws out those medications yeah. completely it's just not going to happen if if those aren't an option, uh, then you can also think about well maybe I do an injection, a steroid mm-hmm. injection for the knee. Some of the cutting edge stuff, the newer stuff, is uh, there's some other injections that I'm not really, I don't use mm-hmm. at my at, at this point in time. But uh, some of my I think some of my associates do. There's what's called PRP, which is taking your own blood, spinning it down, getting a a, a protein-rich plasma that you're injecting mm-hmm. in there, trying to get the body to heal itself. And then there's stem cells um, where they where they get, the, and this is all more and more involved in different ways to do it. Uh, the problem with those. Those are still pretty early. They're still considered, in my, I believe they're still considered experimental. So insurance doesn't really cover them. They're not cheap. Um, and they're, are they tried and true? We just, right. I don't have that information at this point in time. But those are, that's, and physical therapy, other physical measures to try and decrease the inflammation, increase the strength, uh, bracing if, if we're talking ligaments. So there's a host of conservative things that can be done. Uh, to try and control the pain, control the inflammation. Um, when we talk braces, uh, you know, a hinge brace or a compressive brace, mm-hmm. I'm of the philosophy. I have no problem with using a brace, um, but I think that there's there's two ways it's reasonable for someone to have a brace. Uh, to have a brace um, almost all day long for a short period of time, or have a brace have a brace for a long period of time, but for very 
specific activities. Okay. I don't think it's reasonable for someone to throw on a hinge knee brace and have to wear, wear that for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if a hinge knee brace, if you need it for eight weeks to help ligament heal, and then just wearing it after that when I'm playing uh, my weekend Warriors mm-hmm. basketball, that's all reasonable and good. But again, yeah, to have somebody wearing it 24-7 for two years, I just don't think it was going to do that. That skin's not going to tolerate that yeah. very well either. Yeah. Um, so those are, But that's the really quick and dirty version of, um, of conservative care. Um, in my opinion. And then you amp it up to some surgery. Then you start talking about surgery. And again, once again, you're looking at what the different problems are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking uh, meniscus tear, like we talked about before, that that uh, that aspect of that piece of uh, tissue floating around in there that gets into the works and can cause locking, grinding, catching, and further damage mm-hmm. to that ball bearing. I always say the, the analogy is, is just like metal shavings in, in okay. with the ball bearing. So, uh, what we would do is do what's called a knee arthroscopy. It's stab incisions to look inside the knee, uh, to wash out the, the joint, and to remove any of those torn tissues in order to allow the ball bearing to work more normally. And okay. I like to say more normally it's because not go back. well, it's not because it's not growing back. It doesn't yeah. really heal. Yeah, there are certain indications if you're really young and and it's at the edge of the meniscus, there are some repairs of the meniscus. But as a general rule, it's it's a removal of the torn meniscus, mm-hmm. but leaving behind as partial removal of the meniscus. You're not wanting to take out the full meniscus because they used to do that and that would lead to rapid arthritis. Uh, it has a function. You don't want to take out the whole thing if you don't have to, but the pieces that are floating around are are more detrimental than they are advantageous. So you get those out of there so the rest of the thing can function more normally. So is that what arthroscopy is? That's the only thing? Arth- no, no. Okay. Arthroscopy, also what you can do is okay. when you're in there, you would look at the, the surfaces of the of the, um, the femur and the tibia. Mm-hmm. If that cartilage is worn and irritated, it's called chondromalacia. Okay. And you can you could smooth that off. Mm-hmm. You can polish that up, so to speak. If there's some raw areas of bone, you can use a pick or a drill in order to try and get some bleeding to occur at that bone so that hopefully you can get some some new cartilage to form. Now it's not the exact same type of cartilage, but it's better than no cartilage okay. at all. Uh, you can also, through knee arthroscopy, uh, if there are, sometimes there are loose bodies in the joint, uh, you remove those uh, when you're in there. Uh, then there is arthroscopic assisted techniques, such as if you've torn the anterior or posterior cruciate ligament, you would use arthroscopy to help guide reconstructing that out of uh, either your own tissue or allograft tissue, uh, drilling holes into the bones and, and reconstructing those those ligaments. Okay. And then the last is the knee replacement. Knee replacement, uh, unicondylar versus total knee replacement. Okay. Usually this would be, this. the age for this is getting younger and younger <laughs> all the time. But really, generally, when I, generally speaking, you're looking at 50 or older, and even 50 is pretty young. It's yeah. also an activity level. It's a, it's a, it's whether the, you know, it's how active the patient is. Because what you're doing is you're converting your your bone and cartilage knee into a metal and plastic mm-hmm. knee. Um, it's I, I tell my patients it's like buying a brand new car. Um, you don't want to take that car and just put it in the garage and leave it there because that doesn't that, that's not good for the engine. That's not good for the mechanics. But you also don't want to take that brand new car and take it to the drag strip. You want to you want to be active. You want to use it. You want to use it within a realm. But also, it's metal and plastic, so it does have a ten- it can wear out. They can wear out. Uh, generally speaking, a knee replacement we expect, 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 expect it to last twenty to twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the technology is good. That's a semi playing out. Um, there is there is if you are 
if you have isolated arthritis, just one of the, the, the femur comes down into two ball bearings, not just one. There's a medial and a lateral, inner and outer ball bearing. And sometimes you'll have just basically wear of that inner aspect ball bearing over the outer, and the patellofemoral joint is in good condition. So you could do what's called a unicondylar replacement. Is that what they call partial? Partial knee okay. replacement. And and you could do it with the lateral as well. And even and even a partial knee replacement could consist of just replacing, just resurfacing. Replacing is a bad term. Resurfacing is what we're okay. doing. Um, uh, resurfacing the patellofemoral joint. Now, I've never done one of those. I've had associates that have done one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, patellofemoral joint is a, is a tough joint. It's a small joint. It's a lot of wear and, and bearing. So it's hard to, to get you perfect re- results on that. But uh, that's a partial knee replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, the surgeon should be able to uh, evaluate you and see if you're, if you're a candidate for that. The, if the knee is so worn and it's got more than isolated area of arthritis, then you start talking about a total knee replacement replacement, where you're taking off the ends of the bone, uh, back of the kneecap. People often ask, well, you've removed my kneecap. No, we don't remove the femur. We don't remove the tibia. We don't remove the kneecap. We take off the articular surface, and then we resurface that with metal and plastic. Okay. Um, uh, cemented versus cementless. Uh, cementless is, is, uh, is back in popularity and working well. Uh, all these things, uh, a lot of these treatments I've seen over the years, uh, there, there is a, a pendulum that swings back and forth, mm-hmm. and they come into vogue, and then they, they go, go back out, out of vogue. Uh, but uh, uh, cementless is is a is very uh, we would like that because it takes out another area of where problems can occur. The cement, the cement uh, interface can cause problems in of itself. So if we can get the same results without the cement, that is a, that is a de- desirable thing. The newest, the cutting edge stuff, the very newest thing on uh, total knee replacements is uh, using the robotic uh, technique for unicondylar as well as now for which, total joint replacement. Which we offer here at we Cerebush off, We do offer that here at, <laughs> at Cerebush. We do offer it here. You could probably say knee replacement today, it's not your father's or your grandfather's knee replacement. So if you hear stories of people with knee replacement maybe in 10, 15, 20 years ago and it was horrible... It's not as horrible as it used to be, or at least that's what I've heard. Would you agree? I, I think that knee replacement is a is a tried and true technique that uh-huh. that works well. That greater than ninety five percent patients are happy and, and success rate. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if you come in with the right, it's not going to give you. It's not going to give you what God gave you. It's yeah. gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna give you an artificial knee, but it's gonna be better than what you had mm-hmm. in the in the right circumstances. Yeah. Quite honestly, as an orthopedic surgeon, I want that patient to basically have to crawl into my office <laughs> begging me to have something done because okay. they can't walk greater than a block. It keeps them awake at night. Medications haven't worked. Injections did nothing. Therapy's not making them. Because those patients that are just absolutely miserable and their life quality is so decimated by a bad joint, you replace that, they are happy as a clam. Yeah. Um, those patients that are just inconvenienced don't see the same positive as positive results. Uh, I often get the question, and I know you're not, you haven't asked it, but I, since we're on, we're on this topic a okay. bit, okay. we're on this topic in this direction, I have a lot of patients that will come in and say, you know, I want to get my knee done before before it gets too bad. Oh, well, <laughs> preventative. It, it never really gets too bad. Um, uh-huh. I've never had a patient come in and I say, oh boy, you should have been here last year. Your arthritis is Your arthritis is so bad, we can't replace this knee anymore. That's not what happens. And also, they'll say, well, I'm too old. Well, we've done replacements on 90-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. patients in their 90s um, because they need them. And they're healthy and they and they need them. 
they don't get too old. They don't, the knee doesn't get too bad, but there are patients that get too sick right. to have. Too many other. Too many others. They've had heart attacks. They've had strokes. Um, they're, they're severely diabetic. They're, those patients may not be able to have a knee replacement because the medical condition doesn't allow it. Yeah. Uh, it's not that they're too, it's not chronologic problem. It's the, it's a physiologic problem. So do you, are most of your knee surgeries that you're doing same day? Or do you... My associates do same day. Okay. I, I basically want to keep my total joint replacements mm-hmm. uh, uh, one night in the hospital. Yeah, but still, that's nothing compared one, to One or two. Yeah, one or what two. What was it like oh, when you when first started? Oh, when I started, was, I'm ancient. You know, seven <laughs> seven days, seven days, wow. easy, easy seven wow. days. Yeah, yeah. So how come people can get out so much quicker? Just... Uh, different, yeah. different surgical techniques, some different approaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Basically, expectations. I think. I think with last just expectations. We, yeah. you know, patients expected to be in the hospital seven days. Now they expect to be out of the hospital in two. <laughs> so I think that's a lot of it because medications haven't changed. The techniques haven't. Some of the approaches have changed, but not not severely. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's part of it. Yeah. So you've given us all the options from just over the counter medications up to surgery. So let's go all the way back to the very beginning for people who don't have knee pain yet. Um, what are some things that we should be doing or not doing to help our knees so they're not, we don't unfortunately have to see an orthopedic surgeon well, in our future? Uh, uh, not that we wouldn't like to see you because you're a great guy. No, that's the way I, 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 don't, I don't want to see physicians, so why would they want to see me? Um, I would say that, you know, weight control, mm-hmm. um, proper lifting techniques, um, not overlifting, not overloading. Uh, good warm-ups before, especially as we get older, rather than just yeah. thinking we can jump into. We haven't we haven't played basketball for two years, but now we're going to go out and uh, and Start. jump into our uh, jump into that league and play three times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things that really abuse the knees. Unfortunately, a lot of this also comes to the fact of what we have to do for our jobs. You have to stand. You have to walk. You have to climb. Uh, those ball bearings are are gonna are just going to wear out over time. Even if you're good to them, they can wear out. Uh, so yes. Maintaining uh, a active, healthy, weight-controlled lifestyle is good, but I wish I could tell you it was a guarantee, and it's not. No, it is not. All right. Dr. Gray, is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? I think it's pretty complete what we covered, uh, at least in, from what I'm thinking off the top of my head. I, I'm sure I'll, I'll sign off here and think of three things, <laughs> but uh, this is about everything I have at this point All in time. All right. Thanks, Dr. Gray. So great to sit and visit with you. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast with Dr. Timothy Gray, he'll be returning for another one to talk about hip fractures. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. You can find us by searching Sarah Bush Lincoln or visit our website at sarahbush.org.